As a young married man, I was consistently shocked with what my wife observed. We would go out to dinner with friends and she would say to me afterward, did you see how upset Don was? And I would think to myself, wait a minute, Don, Don was upset? How did, how did you know that? How did you see that? Jenny would say to me, you need to be careful around Wayne. Wayne is gunning for you at church. And I would think to myself, seriously? Wayne's going to try and take me out? And you know, the thing about it was, in, in terms of what Jenny observed and in terms of what Jenny saw, she was always right. As a pastor, I've been shocked at what I notice and others don't. Years ago, I had a sense about a lady at church, and I would simply say to her every week, every Sunday, you're not okay. Do you want to talk about it? And she would look down at the floor, and her eyes would tear up, and she would say, no, no. I didn't know that she was cheating on her husband. And you know what? Her husband didn't know that his wife was cheating on him. How is that possible? The same thing happens in church all the time. I'll preach a sermon and I'll think, man, that was a dud. That landed on the floor. That was flatter than a pancake. That went nowhere. And when the service is done, a handful of people will approach me and they'll say what a powerful service it was and how God had spoken to them through the message. And I'll think, were were we in the same room? Once I attended a set of special services at another church as a favor to a friend. And the first night I, I looked at my watch, I looked at my watch, I looked at my watch, and I thought, this guy is a dud. When the altar call was given and they started singing, just as I am, okay, they didn't sing that, but when the song started, dozens and dozens of people stood up and flooded the altar. How did I miss that? I'm a pastor. There's a saying that perception is everything. Jesus explicitly told his followers that the kingdom of God is not easily perceived. You can miss it. You can miss it. To borrow a metaphor from Nicholas Perrin, who's a theologian at Wheaton College, if you see the kingdom of God bus, if you see the kingdom of God bus and it makes a stop in front of you, get on the bus and ride it to the end of the line. Because here's the thing, not everybody sees the bus. Not everybody sees the bus. Last week, we were in Matthew chapter 13, where Jesus tells a series of parables about the kingdom of God. This teaching, these parables come on the heels of Jesus calling the Pharisees a brood of snakes, of Jesus telling the Pharisees that the only sign they'll get is the sign of Jonah. Thank you, baby. Jesus telling the Pharisees that on Judgment Day, the people of Nineveh will scream, how did you miss it? How did you miss the arrival of the kingdom of God that was literally right in front of your eyes? The kingdom of God 
is not easily perceived. We're in Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to cover the parable of the farmer scattering seed. Later that day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen. A farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds spouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seed fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. A farmer plants some seed. Now, this seed was scattered broadcast style, and, and it meant the right arm, the left arm was swinging, and, and the, the farmer was scattering it in all directions while walking up and down the field. The field would have been plowed before the seed was scattered and, and then again after it was scattered to cover up the seed. Some seed falls onto the paths. These are the hard, beaten down paths that surround the fields. Like any of the hiking trails in Kentucky right now because it's been so dry. Some seed falls onto rocky places. And like Kentucky, there were places all throughout Galilee where the soil was only a few inches deep before you hit rock. Not enough to support a huge plant. Some seed falls among thorny bushes. And the plants that grow are going to be in a life and death battle with the thorny bushes for the nutrients that are in the soil. And some seed, some seed falls on good soil. And that seed produces a harvest that is 30, 60, and some hundredfold increase on what was sown. Only the good seed that falls down on the good soil yields a crop. Only the seed that falls down on the good soil yields a crop. I believe this parable was Jesus' signature teaching. It's included in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And Jesus is saying, look, if you don't get this parable, <laughs> good luck getting any of the others. If Zondervan were to publish a book called Parables for Dummies, this parable would be chapter one. Jesus is borrowing from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 and 11. The rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. 
Jesus is telling his disciples and everyone who will listen that God's kingdom is not easily perceived. Matthew chapter 13, verses 10 and following. His, his disciples came and asked Jesus, why do you use parables when you talk to the people? Jesus replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear and they've closed their eyes so their eyes cannot see and their ears cannot hear and their hearts cannot understand and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. Secrets? Secrets of the kingdom of God? Jesus, are you kidding me? Yeah, secrets. The kingdom of God is here and now working secretly within and among humans. And it's a mystery because the kingdom of God has arrived in an unexpected way. In the crowd, listening to Jesus tell this parable, some people are open and some people are closed. Some people hear what Jesus is saying, and some people don't. And just as the prophet Isaiah warned against unbelief and rejecting God, so many people in the crowd are doing exactly the same thing. This parable doesn't force someone outside the kingdom or bring them inside the kingdom. This parable only reveals the type of soil that's already present, what's already there. Hard paths, rocky places, thorny bushes, or good soil. Again, fortunately for us, Jesus explains the parable, verse 18. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they won't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. Jesus is the sower. The seed is the message about the kingdom. And all of Jesus' seeds are good seeds. The issue is the soil. 
the issue is the soil. Hard paths are the people for whom it goes in one ear and out the other. They have hard hearts toward God. They're uninterested. They're not curious one bit. Rocky places are the people whose resolve flags. They have shallow hearts in that the message of the kingdom doesn't take root. It doesn't grow or flourish. It, it withers away in the heat of the day. Thorny bushes are the people who fall victim to life-sapping distractions that accompany problems and possessions. These people worry about a lot of things, but not their standing with God, not what God might be doing. They have thorny hearts. The good soil, the good soil is people with receptive hearts. There's there's outward evidence of an inward life that's being transformed by the Spirit. These are the people who stay after. You know, as a pastor who teaches from time to time, you do a class or a, or a presentation, and inevitably there's somebody who's, who stays after the service is done or the class is over. They're hungry. They're in a place where God is working. They want more. The disciples are people who stay after. They're hungry for more. They're curious. They want more from Jesus. The kingdom that Jesus announced and taught was not what people expected. It was not the way anyone used power in the first century. Rome still ruled. People still died. Hunger and disease were still common. And the mystery of it all, the mystery of the kingdom, was that it was working quietly and secretly among people. But the kingdom must be willingly received. Unfortunately, it depends upon the soil present. The seed is good. The seed has life in it. But the soil, the soil will determine whether that seed takes root, thrives, and produces fruit. Apparently, the kingdom of God is not easily perceived. Some people miss it. It's right in front of their eyes, but they don't see a thing. In light of what Jesus has to say, let me ask a couple of questions. Are you still curious about the things of God are you still curious about the things of God? And then as you think about some of your biggest spiritual challenges, which of the first three soils do you most closely identify with? The paths, the hard hearts, the rocky places, the shallow hearts, the thorny bushes, the distracted or worried hearts. Which of the first three soils do you most closely identify with? Let me give some practical ways that you and I can take this home. First and foremost, there is no substitute for spiritual hunger and eagerness. Again, Jesus' disciples were active listeners. They stayed after with questions. They were engaged. They were hungry for more. How attentive are you? How spiritually hungry are you? Are you still curious 
about the things of God. And secondly, we don't produce the results. Only God makes things grow. Only God makes things grow. And this is good news for you and me. Only God makes things grow. In America, we are obsessed with results. And in churches, we do this by measuring dollars given, attendance, butts in seats. And now that it's 2020 in the pandemic, the number of people who live streamed or the number of clicks and watch throughs on a YouTube video. No. Look, does the farmer sat who does the farmer who is scattering the seed cause the seed to grow? No. Remember, the seed is people. People either accept it or reject it. They hear it or they don't hear it. I can't make anyone accept the message of the kingdom. We don't produce the results. Only God makes things grow. Lastly, God expects fruitfulness. Now, this varies with the individual. That's the whole 30, 60, or 100-fold increase. But good soil people are fruitful people. And yes, I believe that fruit is two things. One, it, it's character. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's character. It's the work of God's Spirit in us. But it's also more wheat. Remember last week's parable. Remember the other parable in Matthew chapter 13 about wheat and weeds. Wheat and weeds are people and God is turning weeds into wheat. That's what God's about. God is about making wheat. And when we're fruitful, we're going to make wheat, okay? It's going to result in more wheat, more disciples. The problem in America is that for far too many disciples, for far too many followers of, of Jesus, they've relegated this off to pastors and missionaries. Gang, I did not understand this parable as a younger pastor. I, I took it personally. Every time somebody walked away from church or walked away from God, I took it personally. Every time somebody didn't get a teaching or didn't get something from the Bible... But the kingdom of God is not easily perceived. Some people, even though it's right in front of them, they miss it entirely. If you see the kingdom of God bus, if you see the kingdom of God bus, and it makes a stop right in front of you for crying out loud, get on the bus and ride that puppy all the way to the end of the line and be grateful, be grateful that you had eyes to see it. Again, the words of Jesus. You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use these parables.